Hello, word nerds. Welcome to a new episode of The Dictionary. It's been a little while since I've recorded, so let's see if I remember how to do this. First word is apoplexy. A-P-O-P-L-E-X-Y. This is a noun from the 15th century, and the entire definition is uh, just the number five definition for the word stroke. And the last word from the previous episode was apoplectic, which is a really, really hard word to say, and that is also related to strokes. Uh, Let's see. This is from the Greek uh, apoplesine, which means to cripple by a stroke. That is from plesine, which means to strike. Uh, Interesting, stroke and strike. Uh, And there's more at the word plaint, P-L-A-I-N-T. So I guess according to the Greeks, um, they sort of said you were being uh, struck in the brain by something. And that's where we get the word stroke. I'm just uh, going off what I'm reading here, people. All right, next we have apoptosis, A-P-O-P-T-O-S-I-S. This is a noun from 1972, a genetically directed process of cell self-destruction that is marked by the fragmentation of nuclear DNA is activated either by the presence of a stimulus or removal of a suppressing agent or stimulus and is a normal physiological process eliminating DNA-damaged, superfluous, or unwanted cells, called also programmed cell death. And apoptotic is an adjective. These words that start with A-P-O-P-T are really, really hard for me to say. This is from the Greek apoptosis, which means um, a falling off, and that is from apopiptine, jeez, three Ps, Uh, apopiptine, which means to fall off, and that is from piptine, which means to fall, and there's more at the word feather. Of course there is, because why not? Next we have aporia, A-P-O-R-I-A. This is a noun from circa 1551. An expression of real or pretended doubt or uncertainty, especially for rhetorical effect. Two, a logical impasse or contradiction, especially a radical contradiction in the import of a text or theory that is seen in deconstruction as inevitable. I do not know what I just read. This is from the French aporie, which is from the Greek aporia, which means difficulty, or perplexity, and that is from aporos, which means impassable, that is from poros, which means passage, so poros is passage, and then adding an A to it makes it uh, not possible to pass, impassable, Uh, and there's more at the word fare, F-A-R-E, not the fare that has the merry-go-round and the funnel cakes. Whenever I hear the word impasse, I always, always think of the movie A Princess Bride, uh, so if you haven't seen it, go see it. Next, we have a port, A-P-O-R-T. It's an adverb from 1627, on or toward the left side of a ship, as in, put the helm hard a port. I think the way that you remember that is port has left, nope, port has four letters, and left has four letters. Port does not have left letters, it has four letters. Uh, and I don't remember what the other side is, the right side. It's something. Next we have apos, A-P-O-S, or apos. Uh, this is the plural of apo, A-P-O. Next we have aposematic. 
man, there's a lot of words that I do not know. A-P-O-S-E-M-A-T-I-C. This is an adjective from 1890. Being conspicuous and serving to warn, as in aposematic coloration in butterflies. Butterflies really do have amazing coloration. Uh, I would have sort of thought that uh, maybe an octopus would um, have aposematic coloring, uh, but they can also change, so maybe that's not the, uh, the best word to describe them. Aposematically is an adverb. This is from apo plus the Greek semat uh, or sima, which means sign. Specifically to the butterfly example, I have seen butterflies that um, have colorations on their wings that look like eyes, eyes from uh, different creatures or whatever. Uh, and so this is a perfect example of aposematic. They look like they are something else that is to warn something that might eat them that they shouldn't eat them uh, because other insects and small animals don't have very big brains, so they're very dumb, and they don't understand that it's a butterfly and not the other creature that they think it might be. Uh, so yes, nature is incredibly clever. Next we have a word that has a lot of syllables. Let's see if I can say this. Apaciapesis. Apaciapesis. A-P-O-S-I-O-P-E-S-I-S. Aposiopesis. Six syllables. Uh, this is a noun from 1555. The leaving of a thought incomplete, usually by a sudden breaking off. Parentheses as in the quote, his behavior was, pause, but I blush to mention that. So, this is interesting. So the definition is the leaving of a thought incomplete, usually by a sudden breaking off. So the thought was, his behavior was, but it was cut off, and then they said, but I blush to mention that. What was his behavior? What would make you blush? Uh, Aposiopedic is an adjective. This is from the Greek uh, aposiopan, which means to be fully silent. And that is from siopan, which means to be silent. So adding the uh, APO at the beginning makes it fully silent. And uh, that is from uh, COP, which means silence. Maybe next time I want somebody to be silent, I will say COP, although it's probably not pronounced that way. Next, we have a word that looks like it can be pronounced a couple of ways. Uh, first way is apospory. Second way is apospory. A-P-O-S-P-O-R-Y. This is a noun from 1884. Production of uh, gametophytes directly from diploid cells of the sporophytes without spore formation, as in certain ferns and mosses. Next is apostasy. Now I want some linguini or something. Uh, it is spelled A-P-O-S-T-A-S-Y. This is a noun from the 14th century. One, renunciation of a religious faith. Two, abandonment of a previous loyalty. Synonym is defection. This is from the Middle English apostasi, uh, which is from the Latin apostasia, uh, and that is from the Greek... It doesn't tell me the Greek word, so maybe it's also apostasia. Uh, and it literally means revolt. And that is from, this is Greek, aphistasthai, geez, uh, which means to revolt. That is from histasthai, which means to stand. And there's more at the word stand. So you are 
standing for what you believe in and you are abandoning your previous loyalty. Next, we have apostate, A-P-O-S-T-A-T-E. It's a noun from the 14th century, one who commits apostasy, which is what we just talked about. So if you are standing up for your uh, what you believe in and you're renouncing your religious faith or you're denouncing your previous loyalty, you are an apostate. Apostate is also an adjective. Next we have apostasize, A-P-O-S-T-A-T-I-S-E. It's the British variation of apostize with a Z, which is our next word. It's an intransitive verb from 1611, to commit apostasy. And we will do one more word for this episode. It is, oh, there's a couple of ways to pronounce this. Uh, it is a posterior, posterior, oh boy, a space, P-O-S-T-E-R-I-O-R-I. I think this is, it looks Italian to me. It says it's Latin. Uh, how do you say this word? A posteriori. Posteriori. No, I keep on adding an R. A posteriori. Enough of that. Close enough. It's an adjective from 1588. One, the synonym is inductive. Two, relating to or derived by reasoning from observed facts. Compared to a priori. A much simpler word to say, it's probably the opposite. And the same word a posteriori is an adverb. Uh, this is Latin. It literally means from the latter. L-A-T-T-E-R. We're not climbing up to clean the gutters. The word of the episode is going to be apostasy. Uh, I just sort of like the idea of um, uh, abandoning your previous loyalty because I think when usually when somebody does that it's because um, they've sort of had a realization or they've uh, made a, a very hard decision probably to stand up for what they believe in and uh, I think that's something that uh, you know if done for the right reasons uh, should be commended so that is the end of the episode thank you very much for listening until next time this is Spencer reading the dictionary goodbye